enough to be reminded that Jesus hasn't left you or forgotten you. We need to declare it over ourselves, over others. No matter the season you may find yourself in, no matter the depths of darkness you're wading through, you can join him in declaring the truth that God is light upon your feet, whether or not you can see the next step, that God is your strength even though the weight of life seems to be crushing you down, and that when your job, your marriage, your relationship, your health feels like it's coming to a dead end, there is only one God that can make dead things live again. These are his promises and they're the only thing you need to declare over your life. So as you step into this next season or this next moment, you can declare that God's not done with you. He's just getting started. You can declare that the good work that he has started in you, he will surely complete it. You can declare that the same God that parted the seas goes before you, goes behind you. You can declare these promises over your life, over your family's life, over the people passing on the street. You can declare these truths over every circumstance, over every season of your life. You can declare that every day belongs to him and every new breath belongs to him. Because we have the power of a living God living inside of us. And this is our declaration. Good morning, Calvary. How are you doing this morning? It's good to see you.
praises. Amen.
in the name of Jesus this morning. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus.
57 15 says this for this is what the high and exalted one says he who lives forever whose name is holy I live in a high and holy place but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite he is holy isn't he church regardless of what we're going through he is holy and he is the one we turn to correct so um, while you are reflecting on that, on how holy he is, turn to someone and shake their hands and tell them you are glad to see them this morning.
is the time if you want to send your kids to Children's Church. We are having Children's Church downstairs. Pastor Amanda is coming around to see if your child would want to involve. It's going to be awesome down there. they got a bunch of activities to end the New Year's. As you make your way to the seats, we want to welcome you here to Calvary on the last day of 2023. Who all is excited to enter a new year expecting great things uh, uh, to happen in their life? If you are a uh, first-time visitor or haven't been here in a while and came back, we would love for you to fill out our connection card. Or even if you just want prayer, we have a prayer on Monday mornings with Sister Tina. And she will be more than glad to pray over your prayer request. And we just want to just connect with you and get to, to know you. Next Sunday at 10 a.m., we are having our New Year's celebration. Who is excited about to reign in the new year? And what better yet is to have a celebration at church here to kick off the new year. We will be having a meal afterwards, so please bring a side dish, bring what you would bring to a family function. So bring some food so we can all eat and have fellowship to kick in the new year and then eat whatever you want then because the following uh, Sunday would be January the 14th. We're going to be doing our seven days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to kick it off by having our corporate prayer and worship that night. So pretty much we're going to be kicking it off into prayer and worship and we're going to be hoping that God will sustain us if you're uh, uh, fasting a certain type of food that you love for those seven days to help get you through it. So who's excited about that? Expecting God to be doing something great and wonderful uh, in our life and uh, also in the year of 2024. Good morning. Praise the Lord. How many are you ready to walk in 2024, walk into the new year? Uh, praise the Lord. I just feel like the Lord, I was coming up the road the other day, and I feel like the Lord dropped a, a word down in my uh, spirit, Brother uh, brother Dale, that God wants to, this coming year, He wants to restore some things back to His local church. And I believe the Lord, first of all, spoke to me and said, I want to restore back to my people my first love. The Lord wants to fall back in love with us again. Can you say amen? And He wants to restore our marriages. He wants to restore our health. He wants to restore our relationship. He wants to restore us financially. So I'm just believing for year of 2024 to be a year that God restores back to us. Amen. How many of the devil has stole a few things from you in your life and you're ready for God to restore it back in your life and God to bring a move in your spirit and God to change things. So we can do that with excitement through this uh, seven days of prayer and fasting. I want you to stand this morning. Pastor Steve's going to be ministering to us this morning. I believe he's got a word from the Lord for us this morning, and we're going to pray for him as he comes forward. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. Uh, this morning, Father, as you will tell God, as you touch Pastor Steve this morning, God, we're asking you, Lord, that you will, you will open the hearts of your people. And God, I am asking you, Lord, that you will restore as he's preaching, God, that the Holy Spirit 
will speak into him, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we will hear what you want us to hear. And God, you will touch him this morning. And Father, we're believing by faith that we're going to hear from the Spirit of the Lord where our lives are renewed and changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's give Pastor Steve a hand this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Kevin, Calvary Assembly of God, it's an honor to be here this morning to bring a word to you that I believe God does have for us in such a time as this. And as we were just talking about the new year, I just think, wow, you know, where has... 2023 went right and but yeah we are uh, getting ready to cross I guess you could say we're crossing the finish line uh, after midnight tonight and ready to launch how many are ready to launch into 2024 before we get started I just thought I would just throw in a little little humor here to just to go uh, get the break the ice I guess you could say you know, tonight, when you get ready, if you stay up, that is, most people stay up to watch the time ball, whatever. But if you're here, if you're up tonight around midnight, make sure before the clock strikes midnight that you lift up your left leg. Okay? And that way, tomorrow, you will start the new year off on the right foot. Hey, the Bible says that we can laugh a little bit, right? As a matter of fact, it says that laughter does your heart good like a medicine. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we better move on now. Uh, you know, I was thinking that as we're getting ready to end this year and go into the new year, there's many people that will already be thinking about or they're already in the, in the process of setting goals and setting resolutions for this coming year. How many have probably done that already, right? Uh, some of them could have been something like losing weight, uh, exercising more, quitting bad habits, improving our finances, and eating healthier. Now, all these are good goals. I believe that we need to go and pursue those type of goals because that will hopefully be a success for some of us this year. But unfortunately, not to be a Debbie Downer here, but unfortunately, we will set goals for ourselves. We will not seek God, but we will set goals for our own selves. And we will also, with all the good intentions, with all of our efforts that we put forth, to make these resolutions come to pass. The sad thing is, is that probably before the month of February comes, we will have failed a lot of those resolutions. You know why? Because the Bible says that our spirit and our heart is always willing, amen? But this flesh man is weak. The flesh is always weak. It doesn't want to do anything that's going to be good for it. Amen? But I want to speak this morning on finding hope in these last days. How many can agree that we are living in the last days? So we need to find hope in these last days. And I picked out a scripture, but we're going to be using a barrage of scriptures this morning to back up this message. 
But in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance, or you could say perseverance, and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Look at your neighbor and say, be encouraged because your hope is found in the Scriptures. And the Scriptures is the Word of God. God breathed. God spoke those Scriptures to us. So that's where your hope is and that's where your hope's going to be in these last days. But I found three important truths out of this Scripture that I'd like to point out. All Number one, all the Scriptures, say all the Scriptures, it's for our instruction. It's the best manual that God could ever give us. Instruction manual to get us through this life. It's all found in the Scriptures. Number two out of that verse, all the Scriptures are intended by God to give us steadfastness and to give us encouragement. And the third thing that I found was all the Scriptures have this goal. It is to sustain our hope. If there ever was a time that we need our hope to be sustained, it's in the time we're living in now. So so church, as we're getting ready to cross this finish line of 2023 and we're going to launch into 2024, I believe that God spoke to my heart and said as I was praying, we as a church are going to need the power of the Holy Spirit like never before. I'm believing in right now in the midst of this evil and very corrupt world that we are living in, God's church, I still believe with all of my heart that God is going to bring revival again. I believe it's going to be unlike any other revival that we've experienced before. It's in my heart. It's in my spirit. I hope it's in yours. Calvary, we have been praying. We have been preparing. There has been prophecies made over the years about this church. And this church, there is a revival that is coming. Greater things are coming to Calvary Assembly of God. We have been expecting a great spiritual awakening, if you will. We need a spiritual awakening, Pastor, like never before in our churches. And I believe that God, through His supernatural power, the Spirit of God is going to move in such a way, church, that's going to produce in us an intense We need an intense hunger and a thirst for God and His righteousness like never before. We need to have an intense thirst and a hunger for the Word of God. We need to have an intense thirst to pray like we've never prayed before. And when we prepare ourselves that way, we can expect greater things to come. So get ready, church. I'm telling you right now, I feel it in my heart and I feel it in my spirit. Get ready because, listen, the latter days are going to be greater 
than our former days. It's coming. The Lord's about ready to breathe on us His Holy Spirit. We're about ready to experience a Pentecostal experience like we've never experienced before. I believe the Lord showed me seven things that we need coming into 2024. We're going to need power. We're going to need perseverance. Strength. Wisdom. Stability. Assurance. And we're going to need hope. Like never before. Number one, we talked about that first one. Power. Finding hope in these last days. We're going to be need if you've not ever been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to encourage you to pray for this year that God will endue you with power from up on high and that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you, if you, and you have received it, but it seems to be faded somewhat, then pray that God will bring a refilling of His Holy Spirit upon us. We definitely need another Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Spirit, just like the early church experienced back some 2,000 years ago. But listen, it tells us, you shall, say shall, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The prophet Joel said, and it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men, listen, they shall dream dreams and your young men are going to see visions. This is what's coming, church. We're going to see dreams. We're going to see our visions come to pass. God is going to pour out His Spirit and we're going to see revival come. Aren't you excited about that? The second thing I pointed out was perseverance. Right in the face of all of our trials. How many had trials this past year? You've had hardships. There's been afflictions that attacked your body. And all these things that's happened against your family. Many different types of kinds have come against you. That's where you need perseverance. You know what? I know it's hard for you to accept this, but you ought to be appreciative as a believer in Christ when hardships come to you, when trials come to you, and they press into you. Listen, the Bible says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. So how are we going to get perseverance? We got to go through the hardships. We got to go through the trials. And when we do, our faith will produce perseverance so that we can face whatever we have to face in the coming year. The third thing, in the mounting pressures that we encounter in this world, how many knows we really need God's strength? I love Isaiah 41. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, 
I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The fourth thing is with all the complexities of life and ministry, Pastor, with all those complexities that we face in this life and ministry, we are going to need wisdom. We need wisdom. And it's in the Bible. He says if you or any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who will give to us liberally and without reproach. And he says it will be given to him. So what do you do for wisdom? Ask God for it. Ask God for wisdom. Don't go by your understanding or your knowledge. Go by God's wisdom. Solomon didn't pray for riches. He prayed for wisdom. Wisdom is what we need in these last days. Amen? The next thing we need is stability. How many know sometimes it's hard to stand in this world when we see what all's going on around us? I mean, look at all the rapid, the social, the political, the personal challenges that this whole world is faced in that impacts us as a church. It impacts us as individuals and families. We're going to need the stability, Pastor, to, to face this coming year and to be steadfast. Corinthians has that answer for us. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our labors that we've labored through the past years, they're not going to be in vain. I'm telling you, Sister Tina has prophesied it. The church has prophesied it. And Calvary, get ready because we're not going to be, listen, we're going to stand steadfast. We're not, we're going to be immovable. We're not going to be looking at the things that's going on in the world, but we're going to be looking unto the Lord. We're going to be saying, God, I'm ready for revival. I'm ready for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit like I've never experienced in my life before. And not just in my life, God, I want you to pour it out upon all flesh in this church, God. Mm. The sixth thing that I mentioned in a culture that's sliding farther and farther from the truth. There seems to be no absolute truth. I beg to differ, there is an absolute truth. His name is Jesus, who is the way, He's the truth, and He is the life. And we can have an assurance. How many needs assurance this morning? And we find that in John. First John says, These things I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know, that you may have assurance, that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And then our final one, last but not least, is that hope. You know, I looked up a definition. One of the definitions I liked was this. Hope is to look forward to with confidence. Look, look forward to with confidence or an expectation. I've got confidence and now I'm expecting. I'm expecting that God's going to do something great. And I love in First Peter it says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times 
in these last days, he was manifest for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Now listen to the latter part of this verse. So that your faith and hope are in God. Church, let me encourage you this morning. Don't go into this new year putting your faith in the world. Don't put your faith in hope in man, but put your faith and your hope in God Almighty. Listen to me. Let me be clear to you. Because if your hope for 2024 is that the world is going to get better, I have a little bit of news to give you this morning. You're going to be in for a major disappointment. The world is not going to get better. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, realize this, that in the last days, difficult, perilous times will come. It's inevitable. It's going to come, Pastor John. He said it's coming. But what we have hope in is this. But look, Jesus also said, also He said, because lawlessness is increased. Notice that He didn't say decreased. Lawlessness, He said, will be increased. And most people's love will grow cold. Lord, help us to not let our love grow cold. As the pastor just said this morning, we are not going to allow our love to grow cold. God's saying, come back to me. Come back. Come back and find your first love. Amen. I believe that, Pastor. That, that bears witness. Listen to me. Are we living in a world that's full of corruption? Yes. Is there lawlessness going on in our society? Yeah. Is there a lot of confusion going on in our society? Yes. Is there people without no hope? Yes. Political leaders. Have you ever seen anything in your life that the political leaders that are running our country, they are fighting against each other like never before? There's a spirit of hatred that has invaded them. Crime and violence has been increasing across the world rapidly. Every single day you wake up, you turn on the news, which you probably don't want to do this year. Turn your Bible on. Amen. But if you do listen to the news, you see lawlessness. You see wickedness. Listen, morals. How many knows what morals are? There used to be good morals. Right? But good morals seem to be deteriorating. Even in the church. Oh, didn't think you'd go there. Reminds me, pastor, of the Noah's day. You know, God was up in heaven. He looked down on this earth that He had created, put man on this earth. God saw the wickedness of man. It was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. The prophet Jeremiah spoke about the deceitful heart of man. He said the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. 
who can know it? I'll tell you who knows it. God knows it. Did you know that God knows the very intent of your heart this morning? Do you know that God knows you better than anybody else knows you? God knows your relationship with Him if it's real. God knows if you really have hope in Him. God knows if you've been praying as you should. God knows all things because He's omniscient. Jesus spoke about things that defiles the heart of man. And we won't take the time to read all this verse. But He said, you know what comes from the heart of man? Evil thoughts. Adulteries. Fornications. Murders. Thefts. Covetousness. Wickedness. Deceit. Lewdness. An evil eye. Blasphemy. Pride. Foolishness. All these things. He said all these evil things, by the way, are what comes from within. And it defiles the man. So from these scriptures, church, where does evil and wickedness come from? It comes from the thoughts and the hearts of man. See, according to the Word of God, we just read we're living in perilous times. How many knows we don't have a lot of time to waste here? We've read Scripture here enough to show you right now that if you're not ready to meet Christ, you ought to be running to an altar and finding Christ fast. Because I still believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. 2024 might get here, and 2024 may not get here. Because Jesus has a timetable set. The Father up in heaven has got the timetable set and He's about ready to tell His Son, go and get my church. Here's another thing that I want to bring out. And let's see if this sounds familiar for this day. See if this sounds familiar for this day. Paul said, men will be lovers of themselves. He said they'll be lovers of money. They'll be boasters, proud people, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Can anybody agree with me that that's going on in our society today? That's going on. So does that tell me we're living in the last days? According to the Word of God, we are living in the last days. But we can find hope in these last days. I am so thankful for that, aren't you? You know, the disciples even were of great concern when they were with Jesus, when He was on the Mount of Olives, Pastor. And I remember them saying, Jesus, can you just tell us when these things will be? Jesus said, of course, He answered and told them. He said, well, there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. But don't be troubled. 
For all these things have to come to pass. Nations going to rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he, but he that shall endure, but he that shall persevere in these end times, but he that has hope and finds hope in the Scriptures, in God, in His Word, and stays that way until the end, he says the same shall be saved. Brothers and sisters, these are not days to feel hopeless. These are days to be excited. These are days to be encouraged. These are days to reach out to God and find that hope in these last days. You know why? Because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. That is our blessed hope. The Bible says in Titus, we have a blessed hope and that is in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ when He comes in all of His power and in all of His glory. He's going to split that eastern sky one day. There's going to be a shout from God from heaven one day. The trump of God is going to sound one day. The dead in Christ are going to rise in Christ. We which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the cloud. And there we're going to be forever and forever and forever and forever with the Lord. That's for those who are prepared. That's for those who are watching for this event. Amen? Jesus spoke about Ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25. Ten virgins. There were five wise ones and five foolish ones. And it talks about how that they had to have their wicks trimmed and their oil with them. Let me know you need to have the oil with you. Amen. He says, but the five foolish ones did not have the oil with them. And they were waiting for the, as they, and all of them were waiting for the bridegroom to come. We know the bridegroom is who? Jesus. They all, the Bible says, slumbered and they slept. You know, I told the pastor one time, I believe that a lot of the church as a whole is slumbering and sleeping. It's kind of like they're in a spiritual coma. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to jar us out of that and get back into the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. But while they're slumbering, while they're sleeping, midnight comes. The bridegroom, Jesus, was coming to receive them. The foolish ones did not have enough oil. Was asking the wise ones, would you give us some of your oil? But the wise virgin said, no. Because we only have enough for just ourselves. The Bible says that the, the wise virgins were ready. The bridegroom came. He brought them up into heaven. He brought them into the wedding. And God shut the door. Listen, while you've got breath, while you've got hope now, 
if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and the Lord of your life, that's your greatest hope right now, is to reach out while there's time. Don't be like the foolish ones who are unprepared and miss out. Because once the door is shut, God shut the door of the ark. It wasn't Noah. God shut the door of the ark. Read your Bible. And the Bible says no one could enter in once that ark was shut. Judgment came and they were all destroyed by the flood because it wasn't ready. They wasn't prepared. They didn't have that hope. But these virgins were trying to get in. You know what they said? They went back to buy extra oil because the oils were not filled. Lord, Lord, open to us. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Church, this applies to us. Are we watching? Are we preparing? Are we looking for the bridegroom? Well, you got to watch and you got to prepare. I was thinking about the oil and I was thinking about the um, how our wicks need to be trimmed. And when I looked at that, I thought about, well, what is the oil? The oil represents the Holy Spirit. But the oil also represents the power of the Holy Spirit operating and working in our lives on a daily, say daily, basis. Not just Sunday mornings. There's not enough oil to get you that by from Sunday through the next Sunday. You've got to have daily the power of the Holy Spirit daily coming into your life. And then I was thinking about how that we need to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit every day, God. Now think about the wick. Okay, the wick would be like your um, like your soul. It would be like your inner being, your your um, your your mind, your your emotions. You, you know, that's where your soul, intellect, your intellect part of you. That's your wick. And and and, and you take an old oil lamp. I wish I'd have had one. I I could have illustrated that, but. Picture an old oil lamp with me this morning and, and, and notice that in that oil lamp you have that longer, extra long wick and, and, and it has to go down inside of the bottom of the jar in order to soak in the oil. Follow me here. Listen to me. It has to soak in the oil. It has to absorb it all and because you know why? That's what's going to enable that wick to burn brightly every day. But on everyday use of that wick, there is an adjustment. How many knows there are times in our life we need adjusted? <laughs> we need adjusted by the power of the Holy Spirit because there are some things that creeps in our lives that don't need to be creeping in our lives. Amen. That's where repentance comes in. But if we're not adjusting that wick like we're supposed to be adjusting it and that wick gets down too low, The light goes out. 
Does it not? Listen, even the wick becomes charred and frazzled after the flame has burned it so long. We can get charred and frazzled in this walk with the Lord at times. But listen to me. If that wick is not trimmed off, it will become difficult to light it again. And that's why we have to spend time, church, in the presence of God. We have got to be praying more. We have got to be reading God's Word more. We have got to be in church more. We have got to be ready because the Lord is about ready to come. We need to be soaking up as the wick is soaking the oil. Lord, allow us to soak up the presence of You, the power of Your Holy Spirit, so that we can burn brightly for You. Because if I'm going to be believing and expecting for a revival that's getting ready to come, my wick better be trimmed, my oil better be filled, and because that's the only way God's going to pour His Spirit out. And listen, while we're waiting and while the oil's burning and the wick has been trimmed, did you know right now Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for us? Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go and I prepare a place. Aren't you thankful God's preparing a place for you? He said that where I am, you can be also. So we don't need to be troubled. We just need to be prepared. We don't need to have fear. We need to have joy. We need, we need to have an expectation. We need to be watching, don't we, church? But, un, but sadly, how many knows that unlike us, there are many out there in our community, in our families, in our workplaces, and all around us. They don't have the hope that you might have. I, I was thinking as I was looking at this and I thought, wow, this is so true. What many are facing today, they're not fear, facing joy, unspeakable and full of glory. They're facing dread. They have despair in their life. They have discouragement. Many of them are going into depression. 2024 is going to carry a lot of people into that spirit of depression. You know what depression does? Without hope, you get hopeless. And hopelessness leads to death. Because there's nothing else to live for. Without God, there's no hope. You're not going to find it in the world. You're not going to find it in the next election. Now, I'm just going to say it like it is. You're not going to find it in the next election. You're going to find it only through God. And in His Scriptures. Did you know there's a statistic out there, quote unquote, that there will be an average of 800,000 people who will die to suicide this year because of hopelessness. 
But you know the story doesn't need to end this way. Because what the world needs is hope in God. See, church, without God, there is no hope. Without God, there is no hope. But with God, there is all hope. There's peace. There's joy. There's excitement. And if you don't have that this morning, you can have that this morning. I believe that God is still on the throne. I believe that God is in still total control of your life and my life. He's not shaken like you and I get shaken by the things that are going on out there in the world. Because where evil comes in and abounds, grace abounds more. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? In the midst of all the darkness, there's still light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And Jesus is going to put His light into this church. And Jesus is going to allow us to light up this dark community around us. This church for so long has been praying. The ministerial staff has been coming together. We're believing with vision. We've got a vision that God is going to bring revival to Calvary Assembly of God. We're believing with vision that we're going to see the hopeless come in. We're going to see the lost and undone come in. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be people from all walks of life that are going to be brought in by the power of the Holy Spirit. Conviction can bring them into the house of God when real Pentecostal experience of the power of God is operating in our services and we leave flesh out. Flesh has to go because flesh brings God no glory, but when we allow God and His Spirit to reign and to operate in our services, great Things are coming. For those of you who need hope as we're wrapping this up, the psalmist, by the way, if you ever need encouragement, read the book of Psalms. But in chapter 33, cries out and says, Our soul waits for the Lord, for He's our help, He's our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Oh, Lord, let your mercy be upon us according as we hope in you. Biblical hope is not crossing your fingers like we used to do in kids. I cross my fingers. Biblical hope is not crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Biblical hope is having a confident expectation of good things to come. Hebrews calls it the full assurance of our hope. We have full assurance of hope in the fact that Jesus will be receiving us up from this corrupt world. And we are going to leave this simple world, this wicked world, and we are going to a place called heaven 
where we shall forever and ever and ever be with the Lord. That's why he says, comfort one another with these words. As the praise team comes up and plays some music lightly. Jesus' imminent return should motivate every single one of us who are already believers. We should already be motivated right now to want to live a godly life in an ungodly world. We should want that more than anything. Listen to me very carefully as we close. The signs of the times are here. Paul said, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them that are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be ever with the Lord. I close with this. One day, soon, departed Christians are going to join our departed loved ones in the clouds. Now this is a good solid reason for you right now to not have hope. But this is a solid reason to have hope. We should be getting ready, church, because we're getting ready to be reunited with Christ. Corinthians tells us that not only are we going to be reunited with Him, but all of our pain and all of our suffering will be over. Our bodies, frail, sick, weak deteriorating you know one day they're going to become imperishable death will have lost its sting the grave will have lost its victory our bodies will be glorified just as Jesus' body is glorified joy will last eternally Scripture says we'll live eternally in a place Jesus promised to prepare for us. How many like the fact that Jesus said, I'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. I will put on you no more sickness, no more pain, and no more sorrow. There will not be no more dying again. Soon our troubles and sorrows will be over, church. Glorious will be heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Just let the Lord speak to your heart. Jesus is coming whether you're ready or whether you're not. Jesus came when the virgins, five were ready, five were not. 
that you have an opportunity right now to get prepared. To be ready when Jesus comes back. I ask you this question. Is your oil filled? Is your witch trimmed? You're here this morning no one looking around but God looking down from heaven and just just this pastor looking out at you. Be honest with yourself this morning because God already knows your heart. Are you really ready? Should He come back before 2024? Would you be ready to meet the bridegroom when He comes? Now only you and God knows this answer. But the good news this morning is when the power of the Holy Spirit's conviction is over the house. All you have to do is admit you're not ready. If there's anybody in this building today, you can say, Pastor, I don't believe I'm ready. I don't believe my oil's filled enough. I don't believe my wicks is trimmed enough. I don't think I'd go. If that's you this morning, real quick, nobody looking around, please. Raise your hand quickly. There's one hand. Come on. Anyone else? There's another hand. Another hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. Jesus, come back. And for those of you here this morning, you're struggling with hope. You're struggling finding that hope in these last days. If that's you, raise your hand. Hands coming up. I'm going to ask them to sing. What I'm going to ask you to do is do what the Lord would ask you to do. He said, don't be ashamed of me. This altar is just for you to come up and stand. For those of you who want to find hope in the Lord, and for those of you that don't think your oil's filled or your wick's trimmed, won't you just come? Just, it's, a, it's a way of just standing here at the altar so we can pray over you. Come on. Come now. Don't be ashamed. Raise up. Jesus to come before it's too late. Come on up. Come, come. You know who you are. Come on up. God's pulling you up here. Come on. Don't let the devil rob you of this. That's right. Come, sister. Don't let the devil rob you of what God's got for you. Sister Tina, please. Sisters, come around these sisters. Brothers, Pastor, Pastor John, just come up here and pray around these brothers. Come on. We're going to find hope right now. We're going to find Jesus right now.
thank you, oh God. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for eternal life. We thank you that you're coming after us one day. Praise God. Praise God.
go out of this building and you go and, like I say, cross the finish line later tonight of this old year, go with great expectation, finding that hope in Christ Jesus. You will live a better life. God will prosper you. God will bless you. God will guide you. God will direct you. The church, as we go into this season of pray, prayer and fasting, let's all believe. I believe God's hope. I believe God's hope is something that we can't see. We can't see it.